0: So now that you're learning so much about herbs here with me in this podcast, you might have the question how to actually take those herbs. There's so many possible preparations. We can make a tea, we can take an herb in tincture form, as an extract in a capsule, in powder form. So does it make a difference in which form you take your herbs? Yes. The short answer is yes. It can make a very big difference and some preparations are better suited for certain herbs or certain situations so there's a lot of detail to this. Of course this, tech, this episode is not going to be too technical. I will throw a lot of um, actual herbs in here and examples of which herbs you might want to take as a tea or better in tincture form or all those different preparations. So let's get to the nitty-gritty and let's dig into the weeds. So making a simple tea, a water extraction with your herbs, this is maybe one of the most basic forms to actually take your herbs. Maybe it's one of the oldest. So definitely drinking teas is way older than uh, making tinctures with alcohol. So um, a tea is, yeah, you just throw the herbs into boiling water or the other way around. Usually you throw the boiling water over the herbs. Um, You can just steep it for a while, just make a simple infusion or you can decoct it and boil it for longer. This depends on the type of herb uh, that that you have so usually if you have something more delicate like chamomile flowers or calendula usually flowers or leaves it's enough if you just brew them for a couple of minutes it can even be uh, you know usually more is not always better if you steep your chamomile tea too long it gets very bitter and maybe you want more the aromatic uh, flavor and the nice smell of the chamomile or the lavender or any other flower so if you steep it too long you lose some of essential oils they evaporate off uh, the longer you let the tea sit. So the longer is not always better but for example if you have a root, a root you can imagine it's of course very hard and even if it's chopped up it takes a while to extract the medicinal constituents that we want out of the root or barks is the same thing sometimes for seeds is also the same thing so if, if you have fennel or anise you can or grind it up just before brewing the tea then it's enough if you just brew it for five to ten minutes but if you don't grind your seeds sometimes it's good to boil them for a while or for example phenogreek seeds uh, is good to boil for a long while so it depends on the part of the plant that is used so as a general rule of thumb and there might be exceptions like flowers and some leaves it a short uh, infusion is enough Uh, like tea leaves from the tea plant so like black tea green tea uh, it's good that you if you brew it only um, yeah a couple of minutes two to three minutes so you don't get so much of the tannins we talked about this in our last episode and um, flowers that have a nice smell, or things like mint, rosemary, you don't want to over steep them, you don't want to steep them too long, those aromatic plants, because they have those essential oils, and you don't want to lose them. So, you basically drink the tea while it still smells nice, and you see that the color of the water has already changed a little bit, but don't oversteep it. And some more, the nourishing leaves, for example, horsetail, alfalfa, raspberry leaf tea, go to cola, those benefit from steeping them a bit longer. So, then we say we're making a long infusion. It's very practical to have a French press, for example which is normally used for coffee, but we can use ours for tea. I have one that I only use for tea and not for coffee, but it's very practical. If you use medicinal amounts, therapeutic amounts of a certain leaf, like for example, go cola leaf and you're using 30 grams for a liter of water which would be a typical therapeutic dose, then you pour the hot water on top and let it steep for several hours or maybe even overnight. Overnight is also very practical. You just make it in the evening and it's ready in the morning. Of course, it has cooled down by by then, but some of those herbs taste actually better when they're cool. Or you can warm them up if you want to drink them warm. Nettle would be another example. So a nettle infusion to really get all the minerals out of the leaf. You let it just steep overnight. This is the best way to extract most uh, of the constituents. And your roots, barks and sometimes seeds. It depends if you grind the seeds or not. You would make a decoction which is also the most um, used preparation method in traditional chinese medicine so traditional chinese medicine usually decocts all the herbs i mean they also differentiate like the if they use mint leaf or other more delicate things they wouldn't boil them for an hour or hour and a half but uh, many of the plants that that they use they need a decoction so they boil the plant for an hour to two hours one and a half hours Uh, sometimes it's enough 45 minutes but if you have a crock pot for example you can throw the herbs in in the water and really let it simmer for a long time without having the water evaporation so yeah put a lid on so that you don't use too much uh, water it evaporates of course but you can also top it up of course you need a certain quantity of water in relation to the herb. so usually you cannot use too little because you need the volume so that the water can actually absorb all the constituents of the plant if not the water gets saturated and at a certain point it will not um, it will not uh, absorb more of the constituents so usually It depends on the plant you know 30 grams to a liter is kind of a rule of thumb for some things Um, yeah this is a general idea I mean I'm not talking here about beverage uh, strength teas that come in a tea bag I mean in a tea bag you have usually about two grams of the herb sometimes even less if you buy like a chamomile tea or fennel tea or something in the supermarket you have those tea bags and yeah this is drinking tea just for the taste almost you know this is a very tiny dose Uh, it helps a little bit of course if you make um, uh, a chamomile tea in a tea bag or something it's good it's better than nothing but the dose is very low so I know I heard in some places like in the US it's a bit more difficult to get bulk herbs like just the cut herb in a brown paper bag this is maybe not so common anymore in the US you can you have to go to a specialized herb shop where they sell the herbs in bulk here in Europe you can find in almost any supermarket or any little store would have dried herbs in brown paper bags so you can buy your herbs not being in the tea bag and you have you can buy a bigger quantity you know you can just buy a pound of the herb that you want to use for a therapeutic purpose and then you can use the real doses the real therapeutic doses which is usually a bit more than a teaspoon uh, or just one to two grams yeah it could be way higher than that i mean typical doses you know in traditional chinese medicine for example i mean they work forever with herbs as part of their medicine they don't make a difference for them uh, herbs are medicine they are classified just in the same way as pharmaceuticals for them this is just potent medicine as as everything else as modern pharmaceuticals so they use their herbs really in therapeutic quantities like uh, we find that daily doses of 100 gram of herbs is not rare even up to 250 grams and that is by no means a, a limit yeah this is probably a pretty high dose for many herbs but um yeah, so starting with thirty grams, fifty grams, ninety grams, hundred grams, hundred and fifty grams uh, in total of the herbs that you have to decoct in one day is not rare. These are standard doses. so they take it serious. they want a real therapeutic effect uh, of their herbs and they know the doses that do the job. so, yeah it has been all watered down uh, literally uh, a bit in our culture in the more Western culture you know that we are used to those kind of one to two grams in a tea bag and we think this is the normal dose of herbs or or you find of course also many herbs encapsulated in a health food store we come to that also um, In a second, so you find you know just herbal powders ground to powder and then put in a capsule. I mean, there is a half a gram in one capsule. If it's not an extract, if it's not like concentrated in any form, which sometimes is the case, sometimes not. You have to read the label and check the label. But usually, if you buy something like um, the Ayurvedic herb ashwagandha or triphala, an Ayurvedic herb combination, if you buy an herb like this in capsules, it is usually not concentrated. It is just put in the capsule, so you don't have the taste you don't have to deal with the taste and swallowing the powder but this is not how ayurvedic medicine uses those herbs they give it by the tablespoon so they don't work with capsules usually there's nothing wrong with using capsules they have of course a lot of advantages you don't have to deal with the taste and they are ready they're easy to take on a trip and everything so they can be of great value but usually it's not enough to take just uh, one or two capsules of ashwagandha or trifala or whatever uh, per day because the doses are in ayurvedic medicine also higher and they give the powdered herbs by the tablespoon of course the dose depends on what you pretend to do with the herb and on the herb itself some herbs are, of course stronger and are only used in in tiny doses Um, yeah but most of the herbs in Chinese medicine in Ayurveda and also in Western uh, medicine yeah you need the appropriate dose to to get the results that you want so there's, of course, a lot of advantages to making tea. Usually it's good for herbs that have a pleasant taste or at least that are not too disgusting. So, um, yeah, taste is an issue. So if the tea tastes good, um, you get better compliance with your clients <laughs> and uh, because, yeah, if they don't drink the tea if, because they don't like it and they don't get it down, then it's, of course, not useful and not giving them any bad benefit. So if the tea tastes reasonably then it's very, um, yeah, a very convenient way to make tea. It's usually, um, yeah, quick and easy. You just need water in a teapot. You you can take it in your thermos with you during the day to drink it throughout the day. Um, so yeah, it's a very practical uh, method of taking your herbs. In Ayurveda actually they also sometimes they don't use water for the for the tea but they even make a milk decoction of herbs so they use milk and boil the herbs in the milk so this makes sense for some herbs that are more nourishing that use the milk as a carrier to get in the body and do in the body what the, the herb intends so sometimes milk is used instead of water but usually we're talking of course about Uh, infusion or decoction with water or even juices uh, could be used to decoct but um, yeah this is more not so common okay then let's talk about tinctures so a tincture is basically an herbal extract in alcohol so instead of using water you use alcohol to extract your herbs yeah and I also have to add here you know some herbs they do not extract so well in water and other herbs they do not extract so well in alcohol it depends on the constituents yeah for example what would be an example an herb that does not easily extract as is for example kava the hawaiian herb kava it's a root and it does not extract in water um anyway the hawaiians the traditional people who use that they have actually found a way um to to grind and pound the herb with water and kind of a mechanical action that does in the end extract the constituents using only water and a grinding a manual grinding process. So um, they have a special way several steps involved extract this herb but you cannot just pour water on it or boil it Um, you would not get the extraction and kava also if you make it in tincture form it needs a certain percentage of alcohol so most herbs have kind of an optimal uh, level of alcohol percentage that uh, where they extract uh, the best so uh, you can you know sometimes you can use vodka which has around um, how many percent of alcohol was it like between 30 and 40 or something it depends it depends on the alcohol so you can of course get different strengths and for some plants you need a higher alcohol percentage you need maybe up to 90% or yeah around that usually that's already pretty high so it depends on the plant the concentration Um, but then you have to ask yourself okay what happens if you soak herbs in alcohol you have a certain ratio Of the herb to the alcohol so usually it's one part of the herb by weight and five parts of the alcohol in volume yeah that means for example um, if you have 100 milliliters of tincture then you would have 20 grams of herb in there this would be a one to five tincture Yeah, this is the strength, the one to five indicates the strength. So this is a 20% strength. You have 20 grams of the herb and 100 ml of the alcohol. And here's the problem sometimes with that. So you have 20 grams of herb in a 100 milliliter bottle of tincture. So this is, uh, it depends on the herb, of course, it depends on the intention. But for many herbs, this is a very low dose. So even those 20 grams, and I mean, this is the whole bottle. Of course, you wouldn't take the whole bottle in a day. Uh, Sometimes the dose is just a couple of drops or a dropper full. A dropper full um, actually does not mean like the whole dropper thing full with tincture but it means if you squeeze one time on the top on the rubber top and usually the whole um, uh, dropper fills half about more or less this would be the measurement a dropper full so you squeeze it one time and it soaks up the liquid from the bottle And what you have in the dropper is a dropper full, and you put this in water usually, you dilute it again, because of course the alcohol has a very strong taste, and then you take it. So, but you have to think about it, what herb are you taking, and does it make sense to take it in such a diluted form, yeah, of course we have very strong herbs that uh, we need only a couple of drops of then it's perfect then tincture form is excellent because then we want to actually dilute the herb to take only very little of it maybe it would be dangerous to take a lot or maybe the herb is just so effective and so strong that a couple of drops are enough but on the other hand I mean I just gave you a couple of examples of Chinese herbs or you know in Ayurveda it's common to take 30 grams of to kola which is still a, a normal average dose this is not a high dose of gotu but it is a lot you know if the, if you imagine this in herb it's um, a big handful uh, or two big handfuls of the herb you have to weigh it out to see what is actually the quantity this is several tablespoons of the herb so if you have only 20 grams of goducola in a whole tincture bottle of a hundred milliliter then yeah this is not much it's not much for an herb like gotu-kola so um, yeah you have to think about it if it does make sense to take the herb that you want to take in tincture form and even you know if you you got the idea maybe even from this podcast here or some other information ah oh, I should take a certain herb maybe ashwagandha but I don't want to take it in powder form or I can't get it in powder form and I found this tincture in the store and on the label it says to take two times ten drops of the tincture and you're like hey great I'm happy I'm taking ashwagandha yay Um, yeah it's just not the same you get a very very low dose you might get not even a gram not even half a gram in a couple of drops of the tincture because yeah Again, the whole bottle probably has only 20 grams and uh, maybe your optimal dose would be 10 grams or 5 grams, 10 grams, 15 grams. I mean, Ayurveda works with higher doses for certain therapeutic uh, situations. But um, yeah, that's why they give the herb in powder form. So in uh, the powder form is very typical for Ayurveda and those Ayurvedic herbs, they have never been tinctured. So we do not know from experience at what alcohol percentage they extract well if they extract at all in alcohol i just gave you the example of kava that does not extract well in water and extracts way better in alcohol but the opposite is also true for many herbs Um, for herbs like astragalus for example Uh, the the active constituents that we want of the astragalus is not soluble in Alcohol, so it's it's way better to take astragalus in a powder form or a tea would also be possible. In Chinese medicine, they decoct it, of course, but we have also astragalus in powder form available. Then, of course, you take the whole plant in. And it makes a decoction in your stomach, so that's also a way to take it. But yeah, astragalus in tincture form is an absolute no-go, and most Chinese uh, herbs, except the very, very strong ones that are almost poisonous, maybe, um, let's say, you yeah, know, you need very little of them. But usually, you know, Chinese medicine does not use tinctures, and there is not much experience in tincturing those those herbs and even if, you know, even if somebody did the science and the math and everything and uh, found out the ideal percentage to extract whatever Chinese herb, the dose is the problem. Chinese medicine works with way higher doses and you wouldn't even have the daily dose in a whole bottle of tincture and of course it's not practical to take a whole bottle of tincture this is way too much alcohol so you have a limit on what you can take in tincture form usually um you know british herbalists they work a lot with tinctures uh, because this comes from a time you know where herbal medicine was the medicine so and there was already an this was mainstream medicine you know the pharmaceutical industry produced the early let's say before there were actually real pharmaceuticals uh, those companies they produced tinctures and this was the medicine um, of course this was right on the brink to the revolution with pharmaceuticals so um, this comes from this time it's actually a pretty yeah mainstream medical uh, idea to extract herbs and alcohol it is usually not part of of folk herbalism of traditional herbalism of yeah how people all over the world used herbs Um, yeah forever in their culture on all the continents you know we have different systems now we have ayurveda and chinese medicine western medicine but there's also of course every country has their own system of herbalism every region even because the plants are different from region to region and people have always worked with their local plants and they have mostly just eaten the plants or cooked them boiled the roots and maybe uh, some some roots or herbs you just eat more in a food-like way or you make the decoction or the tea out of them so those are more the traditional ways to prepare herbs and tinctures alcoholic tinctures is a very modern concept let's say so other extract forms and capsules of course is an even more modern concept we come to those also So there's of course also advantages to having an urban tincture form. It's very convenient. It travels very well. You can take a tincture bottle with you everywhere. You cannot so easily make a decoction everywhere when you're traveling. It's easy to swallow, easy to absorb and digest. It's very fast acting and it's very stable. It does not lose the potency. So if you have an herb uh, like just the dried chamomile flower, for example, it loses the potency gradually over time. It's not the same after a year of having it stored. Uh, yeah it's not the same potency and the same for powders or root pieces or anything so uh, if you put the fresh chamomile flowers in alcohol you preserve really the fresh flowers and you don't lose the potency of the medicine so this is of course an advantage so for some situations um, for example I use the valerian tincture for sleep you know if you wake up at night and you can't fall back asleep And you want to have just a sleep tincture. It could be other herbs, you know, but for example, valerian is one of the known ones. It could be hops or it could be uh, wild ledders or, uh, yeah, any of those common sleep herbs in tincture form. And you have the tincture bottle right next to your bed. You drop a couple of, of drops uh, directly into a glass of water that you have prepared there or maybe even directly into your mouth. And you take it that way. It's fast acting. You can fall back asleep. I mean, imagine going to the kitchen and making a decoction, all that. That, was, that would take way more time and you're more awake by then. Um, and it's even harder to get back to sleep. So it has advantages for for herbs that work in a very... Uh, low uh, dosage if the dosage is very small the the active dosage therapeutic dosage then it's great then you can dose a tincture by the drop and that's wonderful you can dilute it but the disadvantage is of course you have the alcohol you can't give it to children or to pregnant women or uh, people who are trying to stay away from alcohol and the dose is the main problem in my Um, Yeah, in my opinion that it's not suitable for many herbs where you would need a higher therapeutic dose. So tinctures are not more potent because this is a bit an idea that some people have that you can make an herb last more, you know, if you make a tincture out of it. But it's just not the case. You don't get a more potent um, way of delivering the herb if you soak it in alcohol as compared to water depending on if the herb is more suitable you know and extracts better in water or alcohol then yes it would make a difference but usually it's not that the alcohol gives it kind of a better potency or something um, it's just like that you know if there is only 20 grams of the herb in a 100 milliliter bottle then that's it that's the dose and you're not taking the whole bottle you're taking only a very few drops every day so you get a very low dose you to consider that of course tinctures um, you cannot make them not only of alcohol you can sometimes people make glycerides so they use vegetable glycerin mixed with water to extract the herb to not have to use the alcohol this is you get a bit less extraction even usually with most plants than with the alcohol so it's sometimes not a very effective way it's really just being used to make tinctures for children that are alcohol free for example you can extract an urban vinegar that's a that's a good way this is something i use here in my kitchen a lot you know that i make herbal infused vinegar i put some rosemary or thyme or something in the vinegar and let it sit for a while like one to four weeks is usually um, plenty so maybe around two weeks, and you can strain it, the vinegar, and then you can use it, you can use it in your salad dressings, or, so these are usually things I do not use so much in a therapeutic way, but of course there are things, there is, for example, the famous um, fire cider, that um, is herbs for cold and flu, soaked in vinegar, and some put also honey, so it, Gets sweeter and you can directly take it also undiluted but usually uh, a herbally infused vinegar you would also dilute it in water or yeah or you use it in salad dressing or something else to dilute it down and to take it that way so this is I I think that's a very nice way for aromatic herbs or for this cold and flu preparation if you put like um, yeah some cayenne and garlic and onion those are some basic ingredients of the fire cider turmeric and other things so you have a really strong vinegar that you can use medicinally in that way to um, help preventing a cold or flu and um, yeah if you put uh, some honey with the uh, vinegar it's called an oxymel and um, that makes the taste of course better, that's a nice way to put some honey in the end and also you can extract herbs in honey, this is even another way to extract herbs. Then I would use the fresh plant and not the dried plant because the honey has to interact with the moisture in the plant to draw it out and yeah you can make a honey that um, tastes like lavender flowers or chamomile or ginger or you you can herbally infuse the honey and the vinegar and then combine the two, yeah that's a pretty delicious uh, medicine so but yeah also be aware of the dosages of course if it's like a stronger herb you know like ginger or something uh, ginger vinegar or something yeah you get your daily dose of herbs in if you use those herbally infused vinegar of course it's better than using the non-herbally infused vinegar at least you get some more herbs into your diet that's a good way to look at it So if you want to try this out at home you know to make an alcoholic tincture just with some vodka let's say and let's say you have some fresh mint or plantain or something calendula flowers you want to make a calendula tincture you put the vodka on the chopped up herb Uh, You would use the fresh plant. So the weight actually, those 20 grams that I said earlier, this is the dried plant. So if you use fresh plant, the calculation is a bit different. You have to discount the water because the, the plant contains a lot of water when it's not dried. But of course, it also makes sense to make a tincture from the fresh material if you have it, because then, yeah, you, you get. The You know, drying a plant always loses some of the potency, of course, I mean it's always a compromise and no? then we have to dry the herbs so we have them available the whole year. They only grow in a certain time of the year so drying the herb is a way to preserve them but of course we lose a bit of the potency. So if you have a fresh valerian root or like a fresh plant that you want to preserve and you want to make a tincture, then I would not dry the plant first but I would make the tincture from the fresh plant usually and you chop it up and just stuff as much as you can into the jar so just stuff it as full as you can pour the vodka on top and yeah that's a little homemade uh, tincture recipe of course it depends you know it depends on the dosage on the use this is a very simple method it might not be the perfect concentration of alcohol in the vodka to extract the calendula flowers maybe you would need a higher percentage so it's not perfect but it's a simple home remedy and you could try that out and then just you just let it sit for four weeks or so some say to shake it to stir it of course that's good check if it's uh, totally um submerged in the alcohol and not leaves sticking out but usually if it's alcohol this is more important with oil infusions oil macerations which is another for another episode this is more for external ex Um, applications so now we have more the internal applications of herbs so yeah you can shake it a bit or usually yeah that's not too important with the alcohol extraction it depends yeah if the jar is really full I would just turn it around maybe every day and just give it a little bit of a Uh, stirring it up a bit by shaking the jar a little and you just let it sit for four weeks is kind of the standard time of course this could be a bit less could be a bit more some things need a bit more to extract but this is usually at the time and then you strain it and it's good to press the herb out you want to get all the liquid out so this is really uh, yeah it's good if you have a, a press that is suitable for that and you can just really press it out. Uh, you find often the idea to strain it through a, through a cheesecloth, which is not very pr- practical. So usually I just use a normal cotton fabric uh, because the cheesecloth is very open. You have to use several layers and it's all a mess and it's it's hard to wash and everything. So just a normal muslin cotton cloth is usually better for pressing the tinctures, I like it better it works better I think and just press it out as much as you can fill it into a dropper bottle and you have your tincture. So those tinctures really do not get bad you know if you see a bit of cloudy sediment or something at the bottom it's usually some sugars in the plant that separated but it's not mold you know mold would be on top would be in contact with the area if you have an oil infusion a macerated oil and it goes bad you have the mold you can see it on the top Uh, Or there are some other signs also, but usually alcohol really does not go bad, you won't have any spoilage, you won't have any problems with with mold, so that's very practical. Also, the the vinegar-based tinctures are usually very stable and they don't go bad, so yeah, it's a very easy thing to do and not much can go wrong usually. So let's talk about capsules. So you can make capsules yourself at home you could buy an encapsulation machine and the empty capsules and you can make a batch of 100 capsules easily with this machine and press the powder so you want to get the most Uh, Powder into the capsules because yeah in with the capsules we have the same problem with dosage uh, You fit about 300 milligram 500 milligrams So maybe half a gram of herb into the capsule It depends a lot on the on the herb because of course some herbs have more volume um, In relation to the weight so it depends But yeah, it's a good way if you have a powder that does not taste very good and that you do not want to swallow directly Um, then you put it in a capsule and you don't have the taste. It's convenient, you can take it for traveling and it's easy to count your dose. They also last very long. Once you have the powder encapsulated it actually lasts longer than if you would store the powder just in a jar or in a bag because there is no oxygen that is going to the, the powder to degrade the powder. So what degrades our herbs is of course light and oxygen mainly So, we should always store our our herbs away from light, away from the sun, in a tight fitting jar uh, where not like half of the jar is empty. You know, then you have lots of um, air in the jar, and the oxygen will over time degrade your herbs. So always choose the size of the jar according to the quantity you have or have a bag where you can kind of squeeze out the excess, um, the air and have a really tight package without any air inside. But yeah, a capsule is a really good way. You encapsulate the ground up herb or the powdered herb and in the capsule it lasts very long, like let's say three years or so because yeah, there's no um, air or oxygen degrading our plant material there are of course also disadvantages to capsules they can be expensive it's really like if you do the calculation you know it's um, if you buy let's say ashwagandha shatavari triphala something like that those ayurvedic herbs for example if you buy them in capsule form you pay a lot more per pound than if you would buy the just the powder Um, so you get you know you get a hundred capsules this is maybe 50 grams and you pay $15, $20 even for the whole bottle and um, yeah but you can buy two pounds of ashwagandha for um, for forty dollars you know so this is uh, multiple times the quantity of ashwagandha that you would get so it can be expensive of course the absorption is a bit slower you have to first uh, in your intestines in your stomach you have to dissolve the capsule your body has to dissolve the capsule so it takes a bit longer but it's fine you know it still will dissolve and absorb some people have problems with swallowing so they don't like to swallow many capsules uh, or they kind of feel it uh, after swallowing and I mean there are some tricks to to help a bit with those problems but still of course some people are not willing to to take a big amount of capsules every day so also this is maybe more suitable if yeah if it's a lower dose of the herb that you want to take Uh, For more potent herbs, for herbs that taste very bad or for herbs that do not extract. You know, we have also herbs that do not extract well in water or in alcohol. So we have to take them in powder form. Um, So, yeah, that is usually just better to take the whole plant instead of making some water or alcohol extraction before. So, yeah, it's a good way to encapsulate your plants yourself. Then the, the cost factor is a lot better and you invest one time in an encapsulation machine, it's like a little, just a little thing, you make 100 capsules at a time, you buy the empty capsules, you buy your pound of whatever Trifala or what it is that you're taking and maybe you can't stand the taste of the Trifala if you just stir it into the, into the water so you can encapsulate it and yeah you could just take it that way triphala is the most taken herbal formula in the world of course many indian people take it in ayurveda it's very common it's one of the most important herb combinations in ayurveda it's a combination of three fruits that's why it's called triphala, which means three fruits so all those fruits are from trees it's Amla, Haritaki, and Bibitaki, and they make a perfectly balanced formula for all the doshas. You know, in Ayurvedic medicine, they work in the with the dosha system, Vata, Pitta, and Kapha. So it's a very balanced formula that is good for everybody. It helps mildly detoxing, helps the liver, skin, and eyes. It has lots of antioxidants. Actually, Amla is the fruit uh, to be found in the world that has the highest concentration of antioxidants. So that's very great that's good. It balances digestion and it can help with constipation. It does so many things it's just an overall kind of um, yeah tonifying. And detoxifying. Yeah, my teacher always says it's half building and half detoxifying. So it's not too harsh in the de- detoxifying um, aspect. It kind of just supports the liver, but it's also building and gives you, can give you a bit of energy and strength and resistance, can make you more resistant to disease. It's a good anti aging herbal combination. It's added to many, many Ayurvedic formulas. There are so many Ayurvedic formulations with different herbs, and they always add a little triphala in to make it more balanced and make the formula even better so yeah that's an example but the taste is a bit challenging for some people of course it is taken in Ayurveda just stirred into water you just take a teaspoon of the herb stir it into water and slug it down somehow but the taste is not good so yeah I let my clients uh, encapsulate their trifala just to be uh, to have it a bit easier taste wise But yeah, half a gram in one capsule, so uh, a usual dose of Trifala is 3 grams, 5 grams, sometimes even 8 grams. So 8 grams would be 16 capsules spread out over the day. Yeah, it's, it's still okay. It's still a reasonable dose of capsules. So Ayurveda uses a lot of their herbs in powder form. Of course in modern Ayurveda they also have capsules and tablets and uh, liquids you know they have herbal wines and herbal ghee's and herbal oils and many different forms of applying the herbs and taking the herbs but powders is kind of a basic uh, thing in Ayurveda. So this is also practical, you know, dose-wise it's practical for the reasons we have talked about. You can get a good dose of your herbs in. You take it by the teaspoon, by the tablespoon, even of some herbs you might need several tablespoons. It depends on the herb and on the the therapeutic goal, of course. But you can, you wonder like, how do I take a powder Uh, It's pretty dry in the mouth? Yes, it is. So normally you would stir a powder into some mushy food. So you take some oatmeal and maybe don't stir it in your whole plate of oatmeal, then you have the taste of the ashwagandha, whatever it is, like in in your whole food and maybe it's not so nice. But you can just separate a little bit of the oatmeal, stir it into that part of the meal or even it could be, you know, it could be mashed up vegetables or any other mushy food and you stir it in and then you take it and enjoy the rest of the plate of the oatmeal that does not have the ashwagandha so yeah or you can make a drink you can put it into milk or plant-based milk and um, yeah fix up a bit the flavor with some honey or um, cacao powder or or something sweet so you get it down more easily so this would be a way to take powder so the advantage of powders is also that they keep very well usually if you store them away from light and air of course the not powdered herb keeps a bit better but in ayurveda because of the practicality of an herbal powder you know they grind up the powder you have to just make sure you store it well if it loses a bit the potency you know you just up the dose a little bit you know Ayurveda does not have really a problem with it um, that the herbs are stored in powder form for a couple of months because um, yeah you basically take the dose you need for the effect and if you need half a teaspoon more because your powder lost a little bit of the potency then so be it you know then you just adjust the dose a little bit if you suspect that the herb is already uh, losing a bit the potency but it's minimal you know it's not like after a couple of months you don't have any potency left in the herbal powder it's not like that it keeps overall uh, pretty well so usually a year or more even uh, so yeah and it's a convenient way you know, to to take an herb in powder form of course Ayurveda also uses herbs a lot in cooking, traditional Chinese medicine of course also, you know, you can also cook your herbs into a bone broth or a vegetable soup, uh, use it, use ground ground up spices like turmeric and other spices in your food, uh, so in many cases you can just uh, prepare the herb with your food or you can juice the herb, you could make it dandelion juice for example, usually you use some other herbs that have a bit higher water content you know just choose some cucumber or apple or uh, carrots along with it and the add the dandelion leaves you can extract the juice from, from dandelion or other fresh greens that you have around um, you can make a pesto you can make a nettle pesto with garlic you can make a gotu cola pesto even with the dried gotu cola you can add that and use um, like a bit of um, basil Mixed with dried go to cola or nettles and make a nice nettle go to cola pesto, for example. So, yeah, there's lots of culinary ways, of course, also to take our herbs. But, yeah, I think we got through the main ways of taking the herbs and some of the advantages and disadvantages. So, I hope this was helpful and you enjoyed the episode here it's getting dark and I think I have a nightingale chirping outside or maybe it's another bird but I wonder why the bird is uh, singing here in the dark almost so maybe you hear that in the background but of course there's also the music covering this up so yeah thank you everybody for the emails I got from you and um, the reviews on Apple podcast I got reviews from my listeners from Japan and from Sweden from you from the U.S. Yeah, thank you for, for all your support and feedback. You know, I like to receive emails. So if you want to write me, just go to my, um, to my website. It's herbalhelp.net and you find a contact form or just write me an email directly to Tamara at herbalhelp.net. And yeah, if you want to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, it would be fantastic. That way the podcast gets to more people and you can, of course, also recommend an episode to a friend. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. If you need anything, I'm here. I'm having clients for herbal consultations and some of you have written me uh, because of that already. So yeah, let's stay in touch. And if you need anything, let me know and see you next time. Ciao, ciao. Oh,